The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to the Church of Roy, an armchair all-American podcast. Warning, today's show may include adult language. Now here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve DeWalt. Welcome everybody to a special edition of the Church of Roy podcast. We're recording on a Friday. We have the countdown is on. The, the game one is almost here. We are excited. We've had plenty of time, unlike other years, to really kind of stew on this matchup and, and pick apart things. So I came up with a few questions to ask somebody from the Denver market. We have Brendan Vogt coming on. He's from DMVR. It's a great site. I've known Brendan from my time going to Summer League. He was formerly with the Denver Stiffs uh, on SB Nation, works right under Adam Mares. Uh, excellent guy, excellent interview, a lot of good insight there. So I hope you guys enjoy, listen, rate, review afterwards. Thank you again, everybody. Welcome to our first guest on the Church of Roy podcast. It's Brendan Voigt from dnvr great site if you guys haven't checked it out seriously some of the best stuff you can get in the denver market brian who actually isn't here with us today uh he's at a wedding uh preaches about it lives down there he's adopted all denver teams except for the blazers of course he he brought those (laughs) with him brendan how are you doing are you ready for game one it's finally here Hey boys, thanks for having me on. First of all, congrats on the new venture. Um, I am ready. I am. How about that little week off? It was a little nice reset. Um, Might have been nice for the Nuggets as well, but it was nice for me personally. I'm uh, I'm ready to get into it, guys. Yeah, for sure. I, usually, it's just a super quick turnaround, especially for the Blazers these last couple years. Where I mean, last year, hell in the bubble, you didn't even know if the Blazers were going to be there when the playoffs showed up. So it was definitely different. It's let us really sink into some of these topics. And that's why I wanted to have you on. Um, first off, I think it's kind of rare in this era. There's a lot of guys on both rosters that were here for that 2019 Western Conference Finals run for the Blazers. Uh, obviously, they got there past the Nuggets. But uh, it's kind of odd to see both teams real intact. Do you think 
do you consider this a rivalry? I think it's something that Mara oh, no. touched yeah. on. So this is, this is something, right? Absolutely. I mean, Portland and Utah are the two teams for me, uh, even more than the Lakers right now. I'm like the Nuggets fans are always going to hate Lakers fans. Like that's public enemy number one, but in terms of actual organic rivalries, there's what I like to call, and I mean this positively good old fashioned sports hate in play. And that's, it's not, we resent, Portland on principle or we resent the way Portland's gone about building their team. It's just these teams seem to play each other tight. Um, sometimes it gets a little chippy. So yeah, I think it's a good old fashioned rivalry, man. I, I agree with you. I think obviously I think the Lakers are kind of number one for everybody in the Western sure. conference. Yeah. Um, but the nuggets, I, I don't want to lose to Denver fans. I have a lot of Denver fans in my life. And it's that friendly style, though, where I find myself rooting for the Nuggets. I was rooting for them last year through that playoff run. Um, So, yeah, I'm super excited. Let's get into some matchups. Obviously, let's start from Portland's side. Traditionally, we're looking at this matchup. I'm just waiting to see Torrey Craig come off the bench or Gary Harris. Those guys underrated. Some of the – two of the best guys I think I've seen guard Dame and CJ – Obviously, they're both not on the roster now. Who is going to pick up that assignment? Who's going to get Damian Lillard specifically? And then maybe touch on CJ a little bit. Sports, culture, takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run on and off the court. This is a great listen. Right now, go follow them on Take Line every Tuesday where you get your pods. Hey guys, this is Producer Perry, and I want to talk to you about an awesome app that we've been using here on the Church of Hawaii called Locker Room. It is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. You can talk to me, you can talk to Steve, Brian, lots of other insiders and athletes, including Andre Iguodala and Bam Adebayo. It is free to use on all iOS devices, including your iPhone, your iPad, and all things like that. Guys, it's been a blast being able to talk to all of you and communicate uh, in just a different way, a different avenue to, to get our points and perspectives across. So all you have to do is go to your iOS app store and download the Locker Room app for free. Yeah, first of all, I think that's the right place to start in this series. Nuggets fans are kind of afraid to say it out loud, but Dame has not been a world beater in these Denver matchups in years past. Um, And I think some of that's by design, him sort of accepting the pressure, leaning on other guys. But most of it's what you mentioned, and that's Torrey Craig, who, even though he kind of looks like a wing, much more of a tiny guard stopper. Um, Gary Harris who's done a good job on Dame in the past. I felt like they've struggled with CJ a little bit more. Um, but let's look at this series now. Facundo Campazzo will guard Damian Lillard. And this one's interesting. I think if I'm a Portland fan or player, I'm licking my chops. I'm thinking that's not Gary Harris over there, and this is Dame, and we're feeling good about it. A lot of folks in Argentina will tell you Facundo Campazzo is a better defender than you think. Um, he's very small, and so – He's not like a lot of guys will just shoot right over the top of him, but his efforts there, like at a high, high level, he knows what he's doing. And he, he's gotten under the skin of some top guards this season. Advantage Dame twofold, right? But there might be a game or maybe just a half where you see Composo really kind of get Dame out of what he does or wants to do. Uh, and he's just a pest. That's really the best way I can describe him. And then with CJ, I think it's Austin Rivers who has been decent, 
defensively in Denver, um, at times better than decent, really. Mm-hmm. Kind of hilarious to think how important he's become. Was really not part of Denver's plans on opening mm-hmm. night. Uh, he's sick right now, guys. Non-COVID related illness. So not sure if he's going in game one or not, but he'll be the plan for CJ. Uh, that, that's how they'll start things. We'll see, you know, does Will Barton come back? Shaq Harrison make an appearance? Those are the, the other guys. So Composo is kind of interesting how, how you line it out because I think that could be a trap for Lillard because I think sometimes he thrives when he is playing against a bigger defender because I think it mm-hmm. motivates him to get downhill. I think sometimes when he's playing against a smaller guy, he's more likely to, to move laterally and kind of step back into those, which he can definitely do. I feel better when CJ McCollum's taking those times, types of shots, but really Lillard, I, I like it when he's really mixing things up and Composo sounds like a guy who, who follows is small enough to kind of work off screens and everything and kind of trail, trail him through the offense. Mm-hmm. So let's look on the offensive side because there are – I mean, he was on the roster last time the Blazers played, but he was not playing. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., somebody who fans in the Pacific Northwest are very familiar with. He played on Brandon Roy – a Brandon Roy coached high school team. Kind of has a soft spot. He played in the Les Schwab Invitational, which was one of the largest uh, high school showcases in the country. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring – The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. He took center stage there here in Hillsboro, just suburb of Portland, and then also the Nike Hoop Summit in Portland. So Portland fans are very aware of what Michael Porter Jr. can do maybe three, four years ago. What is he now? Because I think when people look up his box score, it, it shocked me. I knew he was playing well, but I mean, it, he is, has insane numbers. So, so tell me a little bit about Michael Porter Jr. and what to, fans can expect for him in this series. Yeah, first of all, he takes the floor – tomorrow as an elite shooter in the NBA. And that's not assigning potential. That's where he's at already. Uh, I think you're going to see this guy on a lot of the all-time Denver three-point lists, but also maybe league-wide, or at least up there in some of these lists of guys who are crazy efficient on high volume. This season in Denver, it was all about Michael Porter Jr. from the start. Um, He misses some time contact tracing, COVID protocols. Uh, But from the time he gets back, He hits the floor running. And what you saw was a big improvement defensively. He is not a plus defender yet, but he can be effective in a team defense, right? In in 
certain defensive schemes when playing at a certain position in certain matchups, he can make that work. You have a lot of room for error defensively when you're nearly seven feet tall and can jump. And he's finding that out. Um, so part of it, I think one difference between him and what you may have seen in the playoffs last year, he's a little, he's ready to be hunted and attacked. He knows that's coming. He's a far better defender than he once was. Um, but mostly I would just say, if you're thinking of this guy as a blue chip prospect, he's already past that. He's already evolved into an impact player night in, night out, getting a little bit better at scoring around the rim. Um, what he lacks is self-creation. The handle's pretty loose. He's got small hands. Like for all of that athleticism and size, you'll see him flub some rebounds, drop some passes, mess up an alley-oop. So those are still the weaknesses defensively, of course, but when this guy's getting downhill, um, when this guy's coming off of screens, particularly DHOs from Nikola Jokic, and anytime he's open from three, he's a threat on the court. If I'm Portland, you're looking at Jokic like, all right, we're probably not going to stop him. But with all those other injuries, if we can key in on Porter, if we can really take this away, where else does Jokic turn? And can we really stymie everything Denver's doing? Yeah, that's interesting you say that about – I want to touch on the defense real quick. Sure, sure. I said because, a lot there, my bad. <laughs> yeah, no, but – it's something that's kind of familiar. It's a different position group, but CJ McCollum, we kind of saw this in Portland where his first playoff series, definitely an offensive guy, hunted mercilessly on defense. The next year, he kind of knew what he was in for. Not that he it was a better result, but he at least knew to stick to Clay Thompson in a series mm. and was more functional. Do you think Denver is going to try to hide Michael Porter Jr. on, on defense? Or or where do you see how I guess, do you hide him? Is that the plan? Yeah, I mean, he, he's been better from the at the power forward position defensively. Um, and it's a little more interchangeable with Gordon Porter. It's not so clearly small forward, power forward. It's a little bit, you know, who's guarding who. Um, but I'm thinking, who, who did he guard in that last game? Was it mostly Norm or was it mostly Rocco? I can't remember. I think it was, think it was Ro- Robert Covington, which typically is that what – that's what we see teams kind of trend to when they play the Blazers now that Norm's here. But right. – yeah, and I guess maybe you you probably like Aaron Gordon on, on either CJ. That might be too small. Maybe Norm. Um, so it's probably Robert Covington. And look, Porter's tall enough, long enough, and I think at this point, focused enough. Like he understands that's what was the criticism that everyone said he he, he couldn't defend. Um, that he can, you know, just a catch and shoot guy. Which for the most part, that's how I view Covington at this point. Like that that's not a too tough an assignment for him. So they'll give him that assignment, and they'll probably leave Gordon on Norm. I would think. Yeah, that, that that's kind of how I see it playing out from, from Denver's side defensively myself. Um, offensively, obviously, you know, our heart goes out to you. We, we've seen plenty of guards go down in Portland over the years. Obviously, you want to see Jamal Murray on this team and really see Michael Porter Jr. operate in that, you know, that void that's created by the pick-and-roll gravity from Jokic mm-hmm. and Murray. How has he adjusted – post Murray injury and it looks like the numbers have actually gone up and the efficiencies leveled out and stayed the same. It's a great question because Denver spent three years teaching this guy how to be a third option, right? Mm -hmm. How to contribute to winning outside of just filling it up. There was a small irony to Jamal goes down and it's, they're actually just asking Michael to be himself now. Uh, You know how it is with Jokic. Jokic doesn't need to lead the team in shot attempts per, you know, night in, night out. And in fact, at this point, just about everyone in Denver is hoping that it's Porter night in, night out. He's been comfortable, man. Like asking him to be a big time scorer, that's just something he can do. 
I mentioned the self-creation, like that's where it's different from Jamal. He's actually putting the ball on the floor, creating for himself, creating for others. The pick and roll two-man game with Jokic, like Porter can't do all that yet, but Jokic can set him up and Porter can finish. So this guy's a certified bucket getter. And, and in some respects, I think he's more comfortable in this role. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I think we've covered a lot of Michael Porter Jr. Just from our my side, I'm really hoping that the Blazers don't put Covington on Porter Jr. Because I like it when Covington is more playing inside the yard, mm-hmm. roaming. I prefer Norman Powell out on him. And if, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is just shooting over him the whole series or taking him into the post or trying to shoot over him, you know, I'll live and die by that. Similar to how they're going to probably approach Jokic as well as you're just going to have to deal with it and, and not – stay home at all those shooters because Jokic will absolutely pick you apart if you don't, if you play it the other way. The other forward is kind of funny too, because Michael Porter Jr. kind of has the connection to the fan base here. Another guy who has a huge kind of has always been the object of Portland's affection is Aaron Gordon. We it's been CJ McCollum, Aaron Gordon trade rumors for three years straight. Right. Like. That's right. Yeah. What, what has Aaron Gordon been since he's arrived? Like we saw the hot start. That was, you know, I think they were like eight, nine and oh when he showed up. I can't remember exactly, but what is he now? What is the role he's going to play in this series? And is he going to be the guy who's the boogeyman for the Blazers basically? Yeah, it's a great question. His role changed so much once Jamal Murray went down and, you know, Denver traded for him to be a defensive stud and a utility man offensively really truthfully when even Barton was healthy Gordon was the fifth option with that starting unit that was rolling no they didn't bring him here to be something he couldn't be in Orlando as a primary scoring option there's been some frustration right so since Jamal's gone down everyone is expecting Gordon to sort of slide in to a scoring role as the big flashy trade but it's again that's kind of just asking him to do what the magic did and he was suboptimal in that role Um, The trick for Denver in this series will be how do they get him involved offensively so that he's not just a catch and shoot statue. You know, if I'm Portland, I help off him. If Yoke has the ball, I consider that a weak shooter. His catch and shoot numbers are fine. But as you guys know, like in the playoffs, there's a difference between a role player that hits wide open shots and yo, we got to change how we're defending the floor because this guy's out there. He's not that. So can they get him involved in, in as a screener, as a cutter, but then also, depending on who's guarding him, do they maybe get him in the post a little bit? Um, my boss, Adam Mars mentioned this today on our show. And then it's Jokic spacing the floor and Porter spacing the floor. And if Jokic is spacing the floor and Nurkic is out, well, who's your rim protector, right? And then it's, you know, Gordon's not a great post guy, but can he back down Norm Powell and Covington? I'd, I'd hope so. So I think the key question for Denver is, is how do they get him involved so that he's not just waiting for jump shots? This week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, three-pointer, slap shot, or spinning back fist, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get out there, put some money on these games. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports experts. You work hard and you play hard. So treat yourself and stack up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com 
Com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American style Kobe, hard to find specialty cuts, and more. Kansas City Steaks has you covered and has everything you need to fire up the grill this spring and summer. Seriously, don't be the guy who has just a weak ass package of weenies when you, everybody shows up to your house to barbecue. And Kansas City Steaks makes it easy not to be that guy. So each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen so you know it's going to taste good when you get it out of your freezer and it's delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine just relaxing in the backyard, playing some cornhole. Everybody's enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. One more time. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, and our listeners can use promo code SD for 10% off. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. Put some meat on the grill. Yeah. I Defensively, where do you see – who do you see him matching up on? Because I'm actually kind of – I don't I don't see the Damian Lillard one-on-one stuff. Maybe there's going to be a situation where – that's what you're going to ask Aaron Gordon to do where he kind of scares me is I think he's a good matchup for Norm Powell and CJ McCollum, CJ McCollum specifically, where I think you attack CJ McCollum with length. We talked about at the top of the show, CJ Dame is very different operator when he's playing against a big man. CJ doesn't really like to take it in the post. I mean, he takes it in the post like five times this year and he gets breaks his foot on one of them. So like, <laughs> I, th- I think Aaron Gordon is, is the matchup there. Is that kind of what you, the vibe is in, in Denver as well? I think so. I mean, I think what we'll see maybe to start is Austin Rivers, just a straight up matchup if he is starting and playing, but you might see for stint stretches, maybe even to close the game. It's Gordon on CJ. I always forget. I got made fun of for this on my own show. I always forget CJ is only six, three, because he's a tough shot maker and he likes to just sort of get these shots off over the top of guys. Doesn't need a ton of space, just enough. Um, and so I always think of needing a taller, longer guy, despite his, his, his only six, three height. And I think maybe Gordon can be that. Dame is probably a stretch, Steve. Like that's too small. Like if I'm yeah. Dame, I'm going right past Aaron Gordon. Who's not that fleet of foot, but what can he do with CJ? And then, I mean, Norm too, man, Norm's an X factor in this series. We talk about Porter and Denver as like this Clay Thompson-esque player, the point per touch kind of thing. Norm is sneaky great in that category. Does not need to be on ball a lot to score a lot. Um, So maybe Gordon's attention, you know, there's utility there in that matchup. But I think it's one of those two guys. I I don't want to open up old wounds, but but Norm Norm Powell is – we've seen what a tertiary scorer can do in this series specifically. And I mean, this series got two years ago, got Rodney hood paid and and got him stuck around. Obviously Achilles. Just so you know, in Denver, he's the guy, like we still talk about Rodney. Hood. (laughs) I mean, it was really so disappointing when his, I mean, for uh, like he was ready to be that cult hero for the Blazers as well before that injury. Norm, I think can walk that same path. And obviously I think Norm is a different class of player than Rodney hood is. When I say putting Aaron Gordon on him, it's turning him one-dimensional and making him a bit downhill because we've seen when when this 
when the Blazers are really clicking, especially down the stretch, is when he's able to shoot and get downhill. And if you can take one of those two away, Portland becomes a very different offense. Now, I kind of buried the lead. I think this is one of the only podcasts you'll probably have a Denver guy on, and we talk about Nikola Jokic kind of in these matchups last. Now, everybody knows he's the clear-cut MVP. I mean, I, I think that's a consensus here even in Portland. After Dame had that kind of down April, we kind of figured, you know, this is Jokic's to lose now. What is he – how do I say this? He's clearly the MVP. Do you think this is the series where we leave and say – Nikola Jokic was the biggest star in this in this yeah. series. Yeah, I personally, and I, I don't know, maybe you guys disagree. I felt like he was the best player on the floor in that first series. Obviously, Portland won that. So, I mean, um, and there are all these sort of X factors. I thought Jokic was the best star. I didn't think Dame was world, a world beater that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready for it, man. Like, I, I think the MVP elite for Jokic was, if it were up to him, basketball would be a, a faceless army. But in the NBA, there are faces, right? There are egos. There are, there's a place you hold as a best player and a superstar. And there's a responsibility that comes with it. And for Yoke, part of it is, yeah, I'd like to just play the right way, find the right pass. But you know what? Tonight, maybe I need to pick up my own pace, shoot through some double teams. Like, he's getting to 30 points at will now when he decides he needs to. In years past, it was a little more, hey, Yoke, can you be more aggressive? And I think he just has a much better understanding of – the, the thin line between forcing the issue and being aggressive when you are the best guy on the floor or one of them at least. Um, so look, I, both Portland and Denver, I think are looking at this series, like how do their guys guard our guy, our best guy. And I, I just think you're going to see Jokic look remarkable in this series. Yeah. I, I think it's super interesting. I think the, this series is basically flipped 2019 on its axis where the Blazers are ill-equipped to guard Jokic due to injury not saying that Nurkic is, you know, a Jokic stopper by any means. Sure, sure, sure. Now it's the opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, Denver's backcourt is banged up and not the same. And now Lillard has this stage in front of him. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out because it really is the tale of two different series. For sure, really. sure. And Nurk's done a good job at times defensively on Jokic. I just, like in the playoffs, what we saw all year as the MVP, like he's looked like that in past playoff runs. Something just clicks for him. And I think specifically with, with the Nurkic matchup, something has clicked for him where he was almost afraid to take it too seriously, like the first four or five times. And Nurkic was taking it very seriously. And I think it's come back to earth a little bit with Jokic is looking at them. All right, I can score when I need to here. Yeah. Uh, use of Nurkic takes the Denver series very seriously, <laughs> yeah. like to, to a point where it's like, oh man, you, you're being real corny right now. Right, but yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, to get into Nurkic a little bit, I want to talk about another guy that obviously Denver is very familiar with, and that's Carmelo Anthony. Mm. I I am I, – I guess I just don't fully understand. Brian's talked about it a little bit, which I am bummed he's not on the show, but I hope he's enjoying his weekend. Um, what is Carmelo's place? Is there still nostalgia for him in Denver? And what does this series mean? And where do you fall on that spectrum if there is a spectrum? Yeah, it two camps. I think some folks are really over it. It was, it's been so long. Um, you know, the Nuggets obviously actually did well in that trade. <laughs> the finale of the George Carl era went well in Denver. So that sour taste isn't so sour for some. Others will never get over it. And that's just the way it is. There is this thing where Melo technically has one road win against Denver, but that came in the bubble. So he has not won 
in what's now Ball Arena, formerly Pepsi Center, since he left Denver. And that's like fans are going to latch onto that. You know, there's a, that's a petty fun fact. And that's something I think some folks actually want to see continue. Um, but other, others will clap for him, man. Others view him as a Nuggets legend. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. And I think it's going to be, I mean, obviously the Knicks are probably the top of the billing for his career arc when he goes into the hall. But I, and I've talked about it on this show before, is I think that second name on the marquee is, I think it's kind of up for the running between the Blazers and the Nuggets right now when they kind of look back on Melo's career. And then finally, I, I kind of want to hit on on Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, obviously, Portland came finally came out on the right side of a trade uh, with Denver specifically. So, what? Where's? How's the feelings in Denver? How how does the fan base react to him? Is he the <laughs> is he the classic heel or or yeah, there's he just let camp. it fly? There's yeah, one Nurkic so, camp in Denver. You can say what it, this is. You know, uh, look, say whatever I, look, you want, let it fly. So Nurkic, the last Nurkic year in Denver was the year before I moved here and became credentialed. So it's a just before my time. Um, he left a game. He left a game in the middle of a game. Left the arena. <laughs> that last season in Denver was not good. He didn't like it here. Didn't want to be here. Um, he's not liked by this fan base in the like in the least bit this this is the one where you know i said it was good old-fashioned sports hate this one might just be hate hate if i'm keeping it real and and that's to be expected i mean really I, the the expectations were so low because i think everyone in portland was pretty well aware of how bad things ended in denver and really i remember covering that trade and going ah oh, portland at least got a first round pick here you know for and got you know got off mason plumley um and then he turns out, I, I think just the connection with Dame and I think everything kind of clicked for him here. Right. And I yeah. don't think he is the player he is without that bad experience in Denver. Um, what do you see? What do you expect? We touched on a little bit. But what do you expect from Nurkic and how, how he feeds into the crowd there? And how does he perform here? And what do you think? Jokic, you think Jokic is going to try to give it to him? You kind of touched on yeah. it. Yeah, but I don't know if it'll be personal. Again, I think I think it'll just be Jokic deciding like the banged up Nuggets need this. We need to get off to a hot start. Maybe I, I'll I'll take it on. Um, you know, Nurkic underrated passer a little bit. I think um, not a great passer, like not a Jokic level guy, but he's not a like a a traditional big right. A, a little more versatile than that. Um, does a good job defending Jokic. I know the Portland defense has been much better since he returned. Um, the Portland fans in our chat, our live chat, let us know every, every chance they get. Yeah. So it's 29th overall, right, team defense. But if you look at just since Nurk got back, it's been a lot better. Am I wrong? Yeah, it's in that Goldilocks zone we kind of see with a Lillard post-Lamarcus built team where it's a top 15 defense most nights. Um and that's really all Portland needs to be with that offense. I mean, top 20, sure, really. Sure, so, sure. But but what I think what Nurkic does is not ne- necessarily what he does individually. It's what he allows Robert Covington to also do and kind of just doesn't require Damon CJ to exert the same amount of energy when they know the big fella is down there. So real quick, I don't want to put you on the spot for a prediction for the series unless you want to. But what do you see as kind of your – like, if you had to pick three likely outcomes for this series, what would they be if you don't want to put a number on it? Well, I'll, I'll, the number one most likely outcome is the series goes seven games. First of all, Denver can't afford, afford, avoid that to save their lives, apparently. Um, but also, I just 
Portland, both Portland and Utah, when Denver plays them, I almost get the sense of it doesn't matter who's suiting up tonight or how the last three games went. Like this game is going to be a fight. Uh, I feel that way about a seven game series. Mm-hmm. Like I said at the top, you know, from the Portland perspective, it's how are they going to guard Damon CJ? From the Denver perspective, it's really not worried about Yusuf Nurkic against MVP Jokic. That's just the perspective here. Um, so I think it's a close, close game. Uh, series rather norm powell aaron gordon or those are two x factors respectively uh and then the other thing is can porter can michael porter jr be the third best player in this series that's a big ask he can though he can outplay cj not predicting it Mm -hmm. but that is a big that's what denver's hoping to see they feel like they have the best player in this series they know what dame can do can can porter be that third best guy um and i think portland's gonna be all about trying to shut him down I think that is one of the bigger takeaways. I haven't really thought put too much thought in that I probably should have is, you know, who, who is the battle for the third best player in this series? And it'll definitely be interesting because I think that'll probably be the deciding factor here in a lot of ways. Brendan, I appreciate your time. You got a fun Friday night before the playoffs start. Thank you again for coming on. Where can our listeners find you and where can they follow you on Twitter? Oh, my pleasure, man. I will do it again sometime. Sorry, I monologued for you. I haven't been a guest in so long. Uh, I love it. I love it, by the way. Easier for the host. You can come on anytime. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan Vogt, V-O-G-T, V as in Victor. That's the last name. Follow us at DNVR underscore Nuggets. Uh, DNVR.com, that's where our content goes up. It is behind a paywall, uh, but we are proud of that content. If you are like, is Ben his name? Did I get that right? Brian. 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 I'm sorry, yeah. Brian. That's no, no, you're good. Tough. Maybe we He's can gonna... edit that out, Perry. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're like, if you're like him, um, you might find that subscription worth your time. So, yeah, I port like Portland area. We don't really have an NFL team, so we actually have a lot of kind of closeted. Broncos fan I think Bronco fans are everywhere so that's how I kind of introduce people to your guys' site because I I will say this about summer league I think if you want to know where the good time is you find out where the Denver Stiffs guys were formerly and now the DNVR guys they're usually the best time to find and their website and their work reflects it it's a good time it's enjoyable it's not your typical sports content so again Brendan thank you for coming on go find him subscribe to DNVR if it's up your alley it's, it's well worth the money thanks again Brendan thank you Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod and be sure to check out our live show on Locker Room every Saturday bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific.